0: Hey, The Room Where It Happens podcast listeners. Welcome. This is Shauna Harrington. I've got a great episode for you today. I got to talk with our Director of Communications, Erin Sarpford, who does an amazing amount of stuff for MASCD. She's the person who runs our social media accounts, puts out our newsletter, makes all the great flyers for all of our events. So uh, we so appreciate the great work she does. She's also a a teacher. And so I got to talk to her today, not about our communications work at MASCD, but about her work as a teacher, which was really fun. So have a listen. It's a great conversation. Hi, so I'm here with Aaron Sarpert. Hi, Aaron. How are you? Good. How are you? Good. So, really excited that you're on the podcast today, and we are in our season one of the MASD podcast. Uh, finding out the stories of the people involved in the MASDD board. So I'd love to just start out with asking you, what's the story of how you became a teacher?
1: Story of how I became a teacher. Um, Well, I was definitely someone that did a lot of different things growing up. I I spent a lot of time with children. I was a babysitter, I was a camp counselor. Um, All of my jobs growing up were involving kids and I really went off to college not really sure what I wanted to do my mom really wanted me to be a nurse so I shadowed actually my pediatrician at the time and after one day doing like this very um I guess now I'm thinking about HIPAA violations, but at the time um, it, I did sort of this like hour shadow and they kind of like told me what they did and it was something that the hospital was doing. Um, and I just was so, so embarrassed and I just was grossed out and I just didn't like the hospital setting. So I kind of um, decided just to enter college and I still wasn't sure what I wanted to do. I was one of those sophomore's like second semester that still hadn't picked a major um and that's when i started substitute teaching at my local elementary school when i went home for break so i would you know make some money and kind of see old teachers and um that's i did a long term sub in a third grade classroom with um a teacher that i didn't have when i went to elementary school but i knew of her um, And kind of from there I realized like maybe this is something that I want to do. Um, So that's kind of where I ended up picking education. Um, And I, let's see. So how long have you been a teacher? So I've been a teacher for 10 years. Um, I started out in early childhood. So. When I graduated, um, I thought I was going to teach an international setting. I actually did some of my student teaching at a international school in Nicaragua. So I did half of it um, in Pennsylvania and half of it abroad. And I thought that was something that I was going to do. I really liked to travel. I did a lot of my grad work in Europe and um, kind of thought maybe I'd travel the world and teach English um and that was kind of the plan and then when I graduated um I was talking to my brother who lived in Lexington and he said you should move to Boston like it'll be so fun it'll be near me like you don't want to move home what do you want to do with your life um but I didn't have my mtels done so I wasn't sure exactly how to like get my foot in the door and someone suggested to teach pre-K because you can teach that without needing your teaching license. So I interviewed a bunch over the summer. I didn't hear back. And I was, I was about to move home and take a job at a local school as a teaching assistant. And then I got a callback from this really bizarre interview I had um, in Arlington and then thought I did terrible and didn't hear anything back. And then I got a call saying like, do you want to start? And it was like $17 an hour. And at the time I was like, woo, live in large, like and move to the big city and have a great time. Little did I know I had to get a second job like immediately because I did not pay my rent. Um, but I loved it. I love teaching pre-K um, and that's kind of where I started. And then I got my m tells done and kind of moved up, moved up in the age group and taught first and second for many years, which I loved. Um, and then moved into, went back and got my reading specialist degree um, and ended up, now that's kind of more of my focus is, is literacy, working with middle schoolers.
0: But um, what? what uh, how did you make that decision to make reading and literacy your specialty?
1: I think um, there was so much I didn't know when I got into teaching first grade. And I was so fascinated by how you teach reading because i did not read that way i i was actually homeschooled for um kindergarten and i remember my mom teaching me how to read and it i know i was a whole language kid we just learned to like read it and memorize and so when i got into first grade and i i started teaching like structured phonics and writing i was like blown away by what like school looked like and first graders i think you hit that 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 peak where you are a year or two in and then you realize how much you still don't know, like you kind of think you have it. And then you're, then I think there's like a, a, an actual term for that. Like there's a project, like a projection of how that happens when you get into a field. And I just realized that, um, that I just needed to know more. So that's kind of how, why I went back. Um, And it was so applicable. Like I, I, I'm totally an advocate for like, waiting a couple of years to go back to grad school because I had the base and I was teaching first grade and I was able to apply what I was learning right into the classroom, which I think was like the best way to do it. Um, and I also wasn't sure, like I wanted to start a family and I, I, you know, when you're a classroom teacher, that's literally, you know, that's all you can kind of do. There's no flexibility. They don't have like teacher classroom sharing programs, like, you know, they used to be a little bit more flexible with that. It's really hard to work part-time as a classroom teacher. I wasn't sure what my life later on was going to look like. So it was also part of like family planning. Like, what could I do that I can still have a foot in education, but maybe leave a more, leave more space in, in my life for raising a family or um, what that might look like. And it has in the years sort of turned into that, where I had, had an opportunity to take a less, of um, a full-time position, um, spend some time with my daughter. So that was actually kind of a Mm -hmm. cool.
0: So you have a really interesting perspective of having taught reading for really little ones. And now you're working with middle schoolers. So um, what are some of your, your new understandings about reading and the place of literacy, given that journey you've had of working with such a broad age range?
1: Yeah, it's actually kind of interesting because I'm also... Now having a toddler, like now she's getting to the age where I used to teach like concepts of print and rhyming and how to hold a book. And, and you just realize like in the right environment, the right settings, what foundation can be laid. And then you think about students and children that maybe just didn't have the same resources or just didn't have the same access to, to certain things. Like what that really does compound over the years as far as their exposure to literacy. I've been shocked by just what really forms at such a young age. And then seeing middle schoolers, um, working with middle schoolers that have dyslexia, um, specifically, and the demands of middle school and also this shift to online learning and how some of those accommodations and scaffolds that would normally be happening in the classroom are just, it's just a little bit more difficult to do in this setting. it's been an interesting transition i think the things that i'm surprised and like encouraged about is just like the idea when someone gets into like it could be a first grader or a sixth grader if they find a book that they love they are just engrossed in it or you you know middle schoolers still love read alouds they love being read to i think that just like never goes away um, and that's always my go-to if we've had a long day or I can tell they're tired or, you know, there's been a lot going on in our week or we're just, you know, I just, I love that. Like, that's probably my favorite part of of my job is just reading to them. And um, obviously I don't read to the middle schoolers as much as I did my first graders because they are a lot more independent and it's important for them to do that heavy cognitive work on their own. But I just love it. I love um, I love watching them get into books and, um, I don't know. The magic is still there even for middle schoolers if they find the right text.
0: Mm, I love that. I love that the magic is still there. Yeah. What, um, so I'm glad you brought up the the teaching online. Cause I did want to ask you about that. So what has this year been like for you, uh, teaching online, specifically teaching reading online? You, you shared a little bit, but I'd love to hear more.
1: Yeah, it's really, um, it's posed a lot of challenges, especially like just a structured phonics instruction. Um, But, you know, like even wearing a mask when you're trying to articulate sounds, you're doing sound drills and having that layer is really difficult, Um, especially um, for students that don't hear sounds correctly. You have to, you already are someone that needs to like over enunciate for them because that, you know, receptive process is challenging for them in general. Having that, like all of us being masks and or through Zoom definitely is harder. Um, I and think you it's just harder team. to-
0: you, You've been in the hybrid yeah. model where you've had some students online and some students yeah. in the room with you, is that right? Yep, and, and- teaching them
1: simultaneously. Um, so, you know, it's just a juggle. It's, it's a weird juggling act where you're trying to, you wanna give the students in the room more of you because they're there and you can, but you also have to engage the students at home. Um, You know, every week I'm kind of finding things that still, like it's December and I'm still every week finding things that work better, that don't work. Um, You know, even, even today, like we're doing plot, elements of plot and we're using short stories and putting them into the breakout rooms and someone's, you know, someone, Internet is laggy, and I want them to partner read, and I want them to try to find the climax and have discussions and um, everything. It's like you have to take what you wanted to get done and cut it in thirds, and maybe that's what you get done that day or that mm-hmm. week. Um, mm-hmm. And I think when you teach middle schoolers that really need this support, you feel the urgency of still giving them the level of, um, you know, the level of instruction and intervention that they really need. Um, balancing it with like, I don't know, like having discussions this week with students that like they're entering middle school and this would have been like their first chance to like go to a middle school dance or I, like just thinking about the things that, you know, they were supposed to go to nature's classroom this year. I went to nature's classroom when I was in sixth grade and still have memories from that and pictures from it. I actually had one. And the first day of school, I showed them some of my sixth grade pictures, which was really funny um like i just i don't know my heart breaks for them a little bit so
0: yeah it's been trying to
1: find that balance of just like allowing them to like be silly and yeah enjoy each other nice. um, i don't know it's 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 hard but i have to say they are super resilient and been asked to do a lot yeah, um,
0: yeah. well teachers have also been asked to do a lot yes. so let's just close out if i could ask you one more question yeah um what has either changed about your teaching or, or maybe I, I guess i want to frame it a little differently what's been clarified for you about teaching since it's such a different situation and the challenges that you just you just named are there um did you have any new clarity about what what teaching is teaching and learning is really about how, how has it shifted for you um
1: how has it shifted i mean i definitely long for the day when I can pull out an old, simple old anchor chart and have students come up and help me fill it out, and have them do turn and talk partners, or, you know, lay on the floor next to each other filling out a graphic organizer, like I, I do have this sense of, like, wanting that back, um, but I think that I've found a lot of innovative ways to, differentiate instruction and kind of tailor it and be more specific about, um kind of like cutting off all the things that you realize that's actually not what I need to do today. Like what's the, if I have, I only have this one shot, like what do I actually need to get done today? I think it's made me plan a lot more purposefully instead of um, being like, Oh, we'll do a little bit of this a little bit. Maybe we'll get to that. Like being like, what do they really need today? And how can I teach that in a succinct way? And um, I think that's like the clarity of really like looking at my curriculum for them and thinking about what's really the, mo- what, if I can only teach one thing today, what, what is that? Or if they o- only really are going to master one thing this year, what is that for this group?
0: Um, right. I'm thinking of, there's a, um, an image of kind of three circles inside of each other of, um, what the biggest one is like, what it would be nice for the students to, to learn uh, what's more important for them to learn than there's a really small circle of like what absolutely has to happen and it just feels like that questions those are questions we always have to ask but this year we've had to ask it in really different ways so um, it sounds like you are really finding great ways to connect in this very challenging time and it was great to hear more about your story as a teacher so thank you (laughs)